Welcome to Hidden Park, the podcast. This is episode 18. <laughs> we have a big, big, uh, big, big, big guest, special guest on tonight. Uh, you know, Touchwood, Pfizer, uh, everything happens with Pfizer. They just announced that their vaccine is 90% effective. Uh, so I said we need to have a real uh, chemist on this uh, podcast or biophysicist, whatever he is. He's everything. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we have Anthony with us as usual, and we have special, special, special guest, and that's Stephen Cornwell. Uh, so without further ado, Stephen will give his intro, what he does, what his what his uh, thing is, and we'll get into some conversations. So Stephen, you have the the way. All right. Thanks so much, guys. Great to uh, be on with you. Um, I am a master's student. Um, I just earned my bachelor's in chemical biology, and I'm working towards a master's in chemical biology. Um, I do a lot of oncology research, so um, cancer, uh, and that's that's pretty much my story. I, yeah, that's it. How did you get into that field? Uh, so it really started with. Um, just reaching out to a bunch of different professors um, and finding someone that had space in their lab. And it turns out that Stevens does a lot of research in that area. So kind of just fell into place. Did you go, was that your major going in or did you like, were you a broader science major and like specialized? Um, I started as a biology major. um, And then after the first year of chemistry, I realized I really liked chemistry. And so I switched over and became chemical biology. And so what do you want to, uh, in, in, in short for the, for the listeners, the all three listeners we have, what do you, uh, what do you want to get out of this? Where do you want to go? What do you want to do? Is it just stay at the lab and, and work on, uh, uh, cures? Yeah. So basic research, um, that's really sort of where I see myself, you know, figuring out, mechanisms of how um, signals are transduced in cells and and things of that nature. Obviously, that all comes back to cancer. But um, yeah, no, that's, that's really where I see myself. And then, you know, in the future, working at a university um, and teaching, that's, that's sort of my end game. Dedicating your life to academia. Remember, right. it's just uncontrolled mitosis. <laughs> that's true. That's there's been no more accurate description. That's 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 the beauty about uh, Stephen is his ability to. By the way, since we're on the topic, we've known Stephen since first grade. Um, blessed to know Stephen since first grade. He's always been the he's been the brains behind uh, a lot and. Uh, we got to know him elementary school, middle school, high school, college. Sorry uh, on too much praise here. I'm telling you, this is no, no. The one no, thing no. Stephen ever will have is that he'll ne- he'll always be three years younger, uh, three hours younger than me. Three. That's and true. That, I and, never let him. Anthony down. is Anthony is categorically better than me at chess. There's no yes. ifs, ands, or buts about it. Stephen taught me how to play chess in like second grade, and then what's it called? Like from there on, like we played, I think like at least 10 to 12 different times, like maybe once or twice every year. And I think he's, he me the last time we played, I'm pretty sure, which I'm annoyed about, but I think like overall, I, since he taught me, I only lost him like once or twice. Yep. That's, that's Steven, but he's always been the, the brains behind, uh, uh, the, the students. And one thing I have to say is he's definitely been a motivation for us sticking with, Uh, education and wanting to learn more that's something that I learned about him is that it doesn't it's not about the money it's not about the the accolades it's about genuinely wanting to push the world forward and that's something that I learned from him that uh, that's what should move you not the other way around and uh, that's a big shout out to Steven and today we hear this 90% uh, Pfizer thing so let's jump into it what do you feel about it? What do you feel about the numbers that are increasing? What's your take on this pandemic? And uh, what's your take on, are you optimistic about the, the, the Pfizer uh, vaccine? Um, so, yes, yes. I, I'm, I'm, along with the rest of the scientific community, I'm 
very cautiously optimistic because every time you see a good result, really the the thing that scares you is, um, you know, can that data hold up and is it reproducible? So um, the question becomes, you know, how much how much more can they show us in the later stages of their clinical trial that will convince um, the FDA very specifically to uh, actually approve this for, for use. Um, I know that originally they were um, saying that a vaccine that was just 50% effective could be approved for emergency use. So it's, it is very um, exciting to see that they've got something that they say is 90% effective. Um, I think they had over 40,000 participants um, in this trial and only about 90 or so actually got COVID. Um, but since it's a double blind study, I don't know if that's mostly in the placebo. Um, it should be mostly in the placebo case, but um, regardless, uh, yes, it's definitely a, a breakthrough. Um, and I think uh, Pfizer is going to really benefit from this, obviously, both uh, business-wise. Cash. And, yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, that that is their drive, right? They're a company. So, um, but yeah, I mean, the, the pandemic is not under control. Um, it's it's not going to be under control anytime soon because this vaccine is not coming anytime soon. I mean, we've got at least four or five months before we even start to see it. Yeah. So. I heard, I heard the transportation uh, is going to be, it was something about like negative 150 degrees that it has to be uh, contained in that temperature and transport would become difficult. I well, heard from the Pfizer one. How long would it take to like get it like mass available, like available to the masses? Uh, I think only Pfizer can answer that question. I don't have an answer, but I'd say probably we're not looking at until, uh, you know, the su late spring, early summer of next year. Which, which makes sense based on the, the uh, scientific, uh, uh, what is it, the seven things that you do? <laughs> <laughs> the method? The scientific, the scientific method. method. <laughs> no, but what to do this you, day, I still don't know that. What do you I think? so bad. What do you think about the, the, so you think spring, which is, you know, reasonable, but what do you think about the numbers? What do you think about businesses? What do you think is going to happen with the economy? We, you know, when people say like, I was talking to an expert and stuff like that, you know, when people are like talking to people, like I was talking to an expert. Now I can say that with you. I could say I was talking to an expert and you're the expert. So <laughs> let me be so, clear for the, for the <laughs> listeners. I am not a public health expert. He's, he end. is Dr. Fauci supposedly called Steven and asked for <laughs> advice. So what do you think though, overall economy, uh, general health suggestions you have uh, to tell people like me, young people, what do you, what's, what does the expert say? Uh, I mean, let's start with the suggestions. So I'm just going to basically repeat what the CDC and, and Dr. Fauci say, um, you know, wear a mask. It, it has been shown to certainly reduce the amount of, uh, you know, liquid droplets that come out of your, your mouth and, and your nose. Also, it's important to cover the nose. I see a lot of people don't do that. Um, washing your hands regularly for at least 20 seconds. Um, you know, there's really nothing else to do at this point um, because we don't have those, the, the vaccine or anything like that. So it's really just good hygiene. Um, Are you gonna get the vaccine when you can? I need to see the data, but yes, I plan on getting it as soon as it's available. We'll, um, have, you, we'll have you on again to talk about the data. Okay. And what the expert says about it. Doesn't that make sense? I, I guess so. Do um, we still have to wear masks even when like we get this vaccine? I mean, the problem with the vaccine is even to this point, even with the promising data, they don't know how long it lasts. So we don't really know, you know, if you're going to need a yearly shot, if it's only going to last for six months, which would be terrible. Um, because the antibodies too, they said, at first, it was like, oh, you have the antibodies, donate the plasma. But now I was seeing that uh, it's only like, I think, like two months or something. There was a given time that they said, looking at the data, that someone can get it again. And there's also different strains. So I don't think that just because you had it, uh, you can't get it, you know? 
Well, yeah, but it's also, I mean, it's also a question of, right. I mean, and any antibody is going to degrade very quickly in your blood. Um, right. They're designed to be single use, very quick use. Um, it's a question of, can you with a vaccine induce memory? Can you induce cells that remember this virus and can generate antibodies if needed to attack it? So um, I, that's still to be determined how long that can last and if those cells stick around long enough for you to have long-term immunity. Otherwise so, you'll have to get that injection every five weeks. So with these, I, that that's a little bit short. It's not going to be, you know, five, five weeks. That's about as good as convalescent plasma would do for you. So you think that like with this vaccine, like would we become like, if let's say like, like 80% of the population takes it would the other 20% still be like what would that still be a problem in terms of like our country as a whole like what do we need like how is there like a certain percentage like i'm trying to phrase this like is there a certain percentage of people taking this vaccine would it be to like actually be effective in like getting this pandemic under control and like a return to normalcy well it's it's make no mistake it's a super contagious um virus it's very easy to spread um I mean, they had the report about the community, I, I want to say it was in Michigan a few years ago that had had like a 2% drop in measles uh, vaccination rates, and it led to an outbreak. So this is something along the same line. So I think, you know, with measles, it's something like 95% to get herd immunity. I'm not sure what the rates are for COVID. Um, I don't have that data with me, but it's going to be high. It's going to be like like near 90, if not higher percent needs to be vaccinated. Do you think a lot of people believe in it? Because like, as like compared to other countries, I feel like if this became more of a political thing, which has caused a lot of divide when it comes to like people taking this virus seriously, as we've seen a lot of different states, do you think that can get in the way of like this? Because I feel like if from the start, if we all took it seriously and never would have got to this point where it's like half of us think it's real, half of us think it's like a hoax, you know what I'm saying? Like, do you think that's going to end up being our downfall, which is why we're handling it so poorly compared to other countries? Yeah, I mean, I don't really know what to say because, you know, the people who cannot get the vaccine because they have some other type of immune uh, compromise uh, in some way, um, they're really going to lose out. I feel bad for Gattaca. them. Well, yeah. Well, I feel <laughs> that was a strange <laughs> injection. Um, Anyway, uh, no, I, I, I feel for people who really can't get the vaccine but want to get it, um, because I think a lot of Americans, like you said, are going to reject it, and they're going to say that it moved too quickly. But the reason it moved so quickly is because we have experience with viruses that look very similar to this one, um, you know, SARS-CoV-1 uh, and, and the MERS virus. Um, so there's... Uh, yeah, America is going to have uh, a lot of struggles that other countries simply are not going to have. Do you, I was watching this documentary about COVID, like the beginning of it, like I don't know, it was like the Netflix thing was like 30 minutes long. It was talking about the reason why COVID was so bad compared to like other pandemics is because there has to be like a certain like balance between like how contagious it is versus how deadly. Because like Ebola, they said was so deadly that it didn't really spread because as soon as you got it, like you probably died. So it didn't spread as much. Is that like, is, is COVID like the perfect like recipe for like something like this to happen where it was that so bad for that reason? Um, I mean, it's, I don't know if it's perfect. The perfect virus would have uh, exactly enough people killed to make it terribly deadly, but exactly enough people who live to continue its spread. So. I don't think COVID is quite that high with the mortality rate. I mean, it's definitely higher than things like influenza, but um, yeah, it's, it's, it's the reason it is so bad is because we have this um, higher mortality rate, but also exceptionally high contagiousness. It's the same with like the Spanish flu from 1918. Why was that so bad? Because lots of people died, but lots of people didn't die and spread it. So. Um, it's, in terms it's, of like pen it's, it is a political thing by the way uh he to go back to ditmar's uh question uh covid is a uh, a chinese uh spread virus and if you believe in it 
you are a, a Democrat. If you don't believe in it, you're a Republican. There's no in between. Yeah, that's that's really really <laughs> bad um, vitriolic <laughs> rhetoric. Uh, <laughs> no comment. <laughs> it's it's that's that's just one hundred percent facts. I was trying to say it without saying it, and you kind of just like put it all out there. Stephen, I read it on Fox News. It has to be true. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but yeah, I was, uh, that's yeah. What I was gonna say was like in terms of like let's say like human history like where do you think covid ranks in terms of like the worst types of outbreaks um not not as high as things like bubonic plague um and or, the I think crusades. or the crusades <laughs> or the crusades or the uh, all right damn i don't do that damn i yes. I, have to, I have to beat that out now it's okay oh god no i i think it's um i think the only reason it wasn't as bad as as it could have been is because of modern medicine, really. I mean, the the timing of this pandemic couldn't have been better, like in terms of humanity's understanding of how viruses work. Um, have you have you worked with it? No, no. They don't. That's the a question I actually had for you is we see all this stuff like Pfizer and stuff, right? Like yeah. Pfizer and what's the other company that didn't have a successful run? Uh, there was also AstraZeneca. There's one with the M. Moderna? Yeah. Yeah, so, they're, they're, they, they, they were supposed to be the ones on top. Their stock <laughs> went up and then they, yeah. So uh, regardless, um, why the top is it? Five? Why is it? The top the, five worst? Why isn't it that? Top, top five worst pandemics? Yes. I mean, I don't even think I can think of five pandemics. To be Do you honest. think it would have been, how deadly would this have been like a hundred years ago? Uh, Very. Denmark, yeah, on. very. I mean, alone the fact that I think travel was not as, as like widespread. Like, I think that also plays a role too. Well, yeah, but I mean, also the bubonic plague basically ravaged Europe. But you know, we and sure. we still talk about that as a pandemic. Brexit. <laughs> <laughs> Steven, so my question uh, is why why don't you uni- like universities always have like these top studies and stuff like that. So why is there nothing with universities now? Like, is it because it's like... Oh, that's not true. There's, uh, I mean, Oxford in, in England is, it It all comes down to, because this was like, so... All right, fast. I'm just, ta- I just talked that as something I didn't know. If there is university stuff, I don't know. All I've heard is Pfizer, Moderna, whatever. Why aren't you working with it is my question. Oh, well, that's because um, academia cannot transition as fast as the private sector so like the the fact is that we simply don't have the resources to just on a dime turn and start focusing on something new the way that like Merck or uh, Pfizer can do but you guys have you like talked about it like has Stevens like is this something that they try to do is this something that they want it to be on the forefront of Stevens is really far too small of a university to put resources. I mean, we don't even have, we don't have a lab that can support that sort of contagious um, virus, just handling it alone. So um, it was sort of never an option for us. Is that something that you want to look into? Um, I'm not super interested in virology, uh, you know, um, but I mean, it's certainly interesting, I guess. Uh, do you, do you, you work with cancer, you said, right? Mm-hmm. Like that's your specialty. So yeah. my question to you is, what, is there a cure and it is it being hidden from the public? There is no cure. Uh, for, so for, all, for all your 400,000 listeners, there is no cure. There's so many types of cancers. When people say cure to cancer, it makes no right. sense. I right. stood, listen, I'm not getting political, but I stood and heard Joe Biden and, uh, you know, Congrats to him for winning, but he said, uh, in my run, I'm going to find a cure to diabetes, Alzheimer's, and cancer. <laughs> I said, yeah, I said, I said, <laughs> I wanted to call Steven right away and say, Steven, if he did these things in his, if he did these three things, I think in his, in his term, you're, you're, you're misinterpreting what he said. <laughs> You, you're no, no, no. What he? No, what he, he did said, say like, it. He, he said the most simple that. sentence. Yes, he, he did not did. say that. He said he, he said that he was looking forward to an America 
that in the future was capable of doing these things. No, no, no. He did say cures. He did. I I can show you that. He did say we're going to find cures to Alzheimer's, cancer, and diabetes. He's a nigger gassing it. He's a politician. What? What? what Demar, I'm not gassing it. He said that. Regardless, he's a politician. He's going to pander. He's going to say things that make people feel better. That's why I said I'm not getting political. I just think, (laughs) imagine someone actually, imagine someone did that. Like, just let that. Well, a cure for diabetes is not out of the question by any means. (laughs) But cancer, absolutely. Alzheimer's. (laughs) What makes cancer so much more uh, difficult to treat? Alzheimer's. What? What makes cancer like this? I feel like whenever you hear about people dying, like sadly, like I feel like a lot of times, are, like whether or not, like a lot of times, cancer is the reason why. What is the reason that makes cancer this such a hard like disease to combat against? I know there's a very lot of different forms. Mitosis like, you can't cancer. control. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So it really actually does come down to um, all of the different forms. So. Um, the thing is you can have, like, you can pick a population of three people with colon cancer and the cause of their colon cancer is going to be completely different. Um, so some might have one particular protein that's mutated. Some might have a damage in their DNA. Um, uh, you know, some might have, uh, another protein that's damaged or some might have a combination of all three. So it's, it's, um, because of that, it sort of comes down to determining what exactly um, you can personal, how you can personalize the medicine to work for that particular person's illness. And then you have to also remember that the cancer cells are alive and they can evolve just like that, just like you know bacteria that become antibiotic resistant. Well, your cancer cells can become resistant to the drugs that you treat them with. And so that becomes another complication. So there's a lot of levels of complexity. And then it's how quickly is the cancer killing the person um, before you can actually treat it. It's crazy. It's such a complicated thing. Do you, what percentage of the population do you think dies from cancer? Like, like a rough estimate. Oh, I don't have that number. I, I, I don't, I couldn't even, I mean, I couldn't even give you a ballpark. That's fine. That's fine. Steven, you don't, you don't have to, you're working on a, you're working on you're working on uh, fixing that, whatever that number is. But do we ever have a cure or no? Never. On a, of course, he. That's what he's uh, working on. Well, no, there's never going to be a fundamental cure, like a universal cure. It, it's going to be an individual case by case cure. Two my years a- from now, Stevens Stevens University, universal cure, one pill, founded by Stephen Cornwell. Oh God. So my cousin had leukemia when she was younger and then she has been able to beat it. Like it's been like 15, 16 years. So what is the reason like something like that is much more treatable is because of the young age or is it like, what is the reason? Young age helps. Um, but leukemias are in general, easier cancers to treat because they are in the bloodstream. Um, whereas things that form solid tumors and form, you know, a bunch of distal tumors in other parts of the body, um, that can become very difficult to treat because you can't get a nice targeted therapy. Whereas something in the blood, well, you can just inject something intravenously, usually, you know, cytotoxic, something that kills rapidly dividing cells. And that's just the treatment. Um, okay. Because the, the thing is to treat something that forms a solid tumor, like again, I'll go back to the example of colon cancer, really the best treatment we have is just cutting it out, you know, surgery. Um, but if it's already spread, that's not going to work. Interesting. Thank you. Yeah, which a lot of knowledge you're uh, you're dropping, and I, really, I learned a lot already. <laughs> yeah, I know one hundred percent that uh, you're working towards finding some kind of uh, solution to this issue. And I know uh, when Stephen puts his mind to something, he does. But on a on a different note, uh, I want to ask you some questions now. Okay. Uh, spaghetti or fettuccine? uh in what dish spaghetti or fettuccine oh i'm not allowed to ask questions back okay um i'd i'd go with fettuccine fettuccine yeah it's a little bit sturdier you know what's your what's your your... gonna go back and forth yeah yeah go what is your favorite alcohol steven uh i'm i'm a fan of of wine actually 
Oh, really? What's your favorite yeah. wine? Uh, right now, Pinot Noir, but I, I got Is that red or white? <laughs> what, what's the laugh for? Hold on. That's a red, but what's, what's the laugh for? <laughs> it's a wrong one, bro. <laughs> okay. All right. Steven, what's your favorite food? Oh, this is weird. Um, I don't know. Pizza, I guess. I knew you'd say that. Mets yeah, or Yankees? Mets or Yankees? Oh, that's Mets. an easy one. I know it. Mets any day. You didn't know that, Ronak? No, I did. Giants or Jets? Giants. Knicks or Nets? Uh, Knicks. Rangers or Devils? Rangers. Please. Rangers, yo. Hoboken or Jersey City? Uh, Edgewater. <laughs> Hoboken. <laughs> All right, so Steven, Steven, check it, check it, check it. Uh, how has – I know you're. he's in Hoboken now. Uh, he does fancy things. He lives in the uh, high-rise building. So I what um, he does, there's a doorman that greets him. Hello, Mr. Oh, Cornwell. Oh. But um, <laughs> how is uh, how's life in, uh, in Hoboken, in a semi-city? Um, it's, it's happening. Um, even in the time of COVID, um, there's, or it's a hotbed right now. Yeah. Yeah. Well, for the virus and for people, um, yeah. there's lots of, uh, outdoor dining, lots of outdoor partying. It's alive and well. <laughs> How was it living there for like college? Like, was it like at first, I guess it must've been like, you saw like all like the nightlife, but you weren't able to partake in it because you weren't old enough. And how did it like transition when you got like into your junior senior year? Were you did you like were you going out to Hoboken? Is my question. Like, were you going like Green Rock, uh, Texas, Arizona, Manhattan, places like that? I mean, I've been to all those places, but not not really on a regular basis. To, when you're uh, from there and you live right there, I feel like it's, it's like not as fun when you. It's, it's like it's right not, in your. It's not. It's it's just part of the like scenery. Like you don't even think about it. Were you on Washington Street? Is that where like the dorms are? Like when you were at like undergraduate? The the dorms they have them on campus, which is basically on the water. Um, mm -hmm. But then I was in leased housing, which is just all over the city. That's awesome. Are you planning to live there? Like like I know you do. Your master's one or two years? I forgot to ask you. One year. And then after that, are you planning to live in Hoboken still, or like do you want to like stay in the general vicinity? Like what's your plan? So I want to stay in this general area. I'm applying to PhD programs right now. Um, most of them Where are at. Well, I, I applied to uh, Columbia, Princeton, Columbia. Johns Hopkins. Hey. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Columbia. Um, no, uh, places around here, um, you know, New Jersey, Pennsylvania, Maryland is as far south and Massachusetts is as far north as I'm going. So. And what do you want to get a doctorate in? Chemical biology or biochemistry, more so like biophysics, really. But you'd still do academia. You don't want to be like an actual, like, you don't want to be like a doctor, like doing surgeries and stuff like that, right? No, no, no. What? No. Dr. Him, what's the big deal? It's, he said PhD. I didn't hear it, Ronak. Sorry. Hello? Yo. Sorry, like lagged for a second. Um, what was I going to say? <laughs> My cousin was originally, he did pharmacy at Kansas. Then he, yeah, he did that. I'm pretty sure. But now, now he, did, he did like a one year. Um, what's it called? You like do your work for a year, like somewhere. Like what's that called? Residency, right? He did residency in Florida, and now he just got a job working. He's actually working with COVID right now. Like he was originally going to work at cancer research, but now he's doing some COVID research in the meantime. Because I think it's private sector, so they kind of pivoted him last second. Right. I haven't really talked to him in a while, but I'm curious as to see like is I guess they're far more like like they're moving faster in that direction because they're private. You said. Yeah, and, and lots of, um, you know, they, they're, they're going to follow the money, right? Where is the yeah. money right now? The first people who can get a COVID vaccine or even COVID therapies out are going to be rich. <laughs> How much money should I put into Pfizer? <laughs> as much as you want, because they're sailing high right now. I don't want to put my money in Pfizer. I want to put my money in Stephen Cornwell. I'm not, I'm not with the COVID vaccine. I'm sorry. I'm not. You're you're doing far, 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 far more uh, intricate things. If you know, that's that's the truth of the matter. But um, Stephen, what's your favorite story uh, of me and Anthony? 
and then I'll share oh, my favorite story with you. Uh, I have one too. I actually have a couple. Appro- appropriate ones only, Anthony. Oh, oh, it had to be appropriate because I was, I was thinking. Of I was them. thinking of what you're thinking of. No, Stephen, you could say whatever you want, but it's favorite <laughs> stories. Demar, you have to restrict it. Stephen, say whatever you want. Well, <laughs> I know what Stephen is thinking about too. <laughs> I hope I hope we we're thinking about the same thing, but um, it was actually we were actually at the the hidden park, and uh, uh, I think it was Josh Booker. If I'm allowed to talk Shout about, <laughs> yeah, you can, you can. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Um, he he uh, did something to one of the slides, and we were all there. Uh, and that was that was that was a fun time for for all Wait, of us. <laughs> and you're saying you never did anything to those slides? I may yeah. have done something. To those slides, you know? <laughs> Steven, we know you did something to those slides. I remember that day too. Oh yeah, that was God. that was a good time. Um, but no, there's lots of other uh, good memories. It's been it's been a while. You know, there was all the afternoons and evenings uh, playing basketball at Ronick's old old place. That was. Talking about philosophy and life. Remember the rubber band war at your house? And God. Oh, the rubber band war. Yeah. (laughs) Then that summer we all watched FIFA too, where we thought we were all soccer fans. Yeah. Yeah. That was a good one. Can I do my story now, Ronald? Go for it. Freshman year, we had a table for lunch. It was me, Steven, Josh, and John Hodemaker. And let's just say, Josh, well, there's a couple of things about ninth grade lunch. But the one thing I remember was that every day, Josh would ask Stephen for a dollar for Pop-Tarts. And Stephen would give him a dollar in hopes that he'd pay him back. And they went on for months, and Stephen never got paid back. And so one day, Stephen thought he was outsmarting Josh. So he gave him a $20 bill or $10. I forgot it was. Like, it was more than a dollar. And he gave it to Josh, thinking like, hey, if I give him this much, he'll feel guilty about it because the dollar over time, just whatever. And Josh took it and bought literally like 10 Pop-Tarts with it. And it got to a point where I remember every day we'd buy pretzels too and throw all the salt at Steven. And Steven decided to make a constitution of like five pages, like making rules for our table. And there was a lot of name calling that he said we couldn't do and shit like that. But I remember he literally like just messaged me on Facebook Messenger, like a, a five to 10 page constitution that he wanted us all to sign. And like there was drastic steps that would go on like each step. And I remember the last step was that, like, we can, like, go into the person's house and, like, take all their belongings if they breach this contract. I probably still have it on Facebook <laughs> Messenger. I wasn't, I wasn't, I wasn't on that. Uh, I wasn't in that lunch, but uh, that's a Stephen thing to do right there. Try to be there. I have to find that constitution. I definitely on that Facebook Messenger. Oh, I, I probably have it somewhere. Yeah, yeah I have to have it, too. That was great. Stephen has it somewhere <laughs> on iCloud. He's an avid user. Um even the original iPhone. Steven, Apple is trash. I bought that new iPhone and returned it. Um, <laughs> but uh, it's it's uh, it's pretty great. Like, what is that? It's the new iPhone. Steve, <laughs> Steve, I bought the twelve Steve pro. Is- I bought the twelve pro and returned it. It's not for me. I like it. I it's not good. <laughs> You're wrong. <laughs> I'm not wrong. Is like, for those who don't know, Steven is one of the biggest like Apple supporters like of all time. Steven and I started this journey together. I still like Apple, but I can call them out on their on their bad products. Steven cannot. Steven's <laughs> like the iPad greatest thing ever. I have to get it. The MacBook the Air. iPad is a very useful device. The, the I, iPad, the MacBook <laughs> Air, amazing device, reasonably priced at the palm of your hand. Yeah. <laughs> Oh my god. Uh, iPhone, the new iPhone SE, amazing phone. <laughs> Cost affordable. <laughs> <laughs> oh god. Ron, what's your no. favorite story? Of Steven? Yes. Uh Steve Gamboard. No, it would have to <laughs> it would have hey, to Steve, be you remember that? It would oh. it would have to be um definitely be our summers just kicking back and doing nothing you know we'd order pizza play basketball play video games uh stuff like that you know steven's in a different walk of life than me different path than me but it's good to kick back sometimes and just talk about about life like steven and josh you know we're best friends in high school to think about how opposite they are you know it's 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 a blessing to say that we have such a diverse group and that's a blessing in itself 
Amen. Stephen, when are we getting lunch? That's my question, or dinner or something on the weekend. Yeah, we got to do that sometime. Um, the only thing is I just don't have transportation, you know. Are you in Hoboken? Like, are you always in Hoboken? Mm-hmm. We'll go to Hoboken soon. Like, when, maybe this weekend or the weekend after. Definitely. Sure. You down. Yeah, I have my sister's place is at Edgewater, so uh, we can, you know, use that. We can even uh, show us the best place in uh, Hoboken you get food. Uh, the best place. Stephen likes Arthur's. <laughs> Arthur's is great. Okay, they have some great steaks, but um, no, the best place. Oh, that's tough. That's a tough call. There's too many good places. Seriously, yeah, you know, I know it's a cop out answer, but we'll, we'll roll. Di- we'll, we'll close our eyes and just roll dice on the side. <sighs> Stephen's a big fan of Sila. <laughs> Pick the restaurant, Stephen. <laughs> uh, hmm. McDonald's. No, I'm, I'm just kidding. Um, I don't know. I actually like uh, Napoli's pizza. I don't know if you've ever been there. All right. So, Stephen, that was uh, Napoli's pizza. So, on to the next transition. Uh, my favorite transition uh, women. I don't know if you watch the podcast a lot. I, I see that that's a topic on like every single podcast. Yeah. <laughs> Ronak's generic thing is let's talk about women in life. Like, what the hell does talk about life mean? So, we'll just some generic. So, Stephen Cornwell, uh-huh. uh, women, what's your take? How's it been? They they do have two X chromosomes. Um, no. <laughs> that's, that's that's a classic Stephen thing right there. Yeah, classic Stevic answer. Um, Stevic. Stephen. You said Stevic. Thank you, Ronak. So, um, I don't know. Uh, you know, I've been talking to someone, but uh, it's, okay, it's never, never seems to go anywhere, you know? And that's it's sort of the... Who's this person? We can blank it out. From college? Uh, they, go to my, they go to my school, yep. Mm-hmm. They're, they're also a master's student, so... Oh, is it... No, it's not. <laughs> it's not. <laughs> <laughs> Steven, she's fire. Yeah, well, she's also in a relationship. So that not, but you are too. So with what science? With science, yeah. (laughs) Yo, yo, Steven, Steven, I saw her outside my apartment the other day because she's, you know, I do, and she's here all the time. And like one day I'm walking, it must drive you mad. (laughs) But she doesn't say what up to me. But I don't say what up to her either. So, like, I guess that's fair. But it's not her? No, it's not. So who's, this, who's this person? We'll see the marriage proposal it's, soon. It's someone that you don't know. Um, no, like, what's the... I Obviously, I don't know them, but... He's asking ethnicity. That's what it always comes down to. What, no, what, no, 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 I'm not. What's... <laughs> no, I'm not. What's, what's, like, the... What's their... Like, what, what, what made you pick her? Um, I don't know. We, we, we vibe, you know, and, uh, she's, um, very, very smart, uh, very funny, very quick witted. Not as smart as you though. Not as smart. Oh as my you. God. Stop it with that. Um, <laughs> you guys compete for who's going to find the cure first. No, <laughs> she, she is not a scientist. Um, but she's studying in masters, uh, business, uh, more so like marketing very specifically. Did you know her in the undergrad or? I did. Yep. Ooh. Is it the <laughs> girl? No, <laughs> no. Don't bring that up, please. Not... <laughs> Yo, this is all. This is all. It'll. Me send. It'll all get. It'll all get bleeped out. Don't worry. You could speak. Steven, I remember back in the day, I used to make fun of me because the Yankees, you'd say, would buy all their players, but now the Mets' new owner is ten times more rich than the Yankees' owner, and it sounds like the Mets are about a. Outspend the Yankees. What's your take on this? I don't care. I know. <laughs> I was just to mess with you. Steve, Stevens. Stevens. The looking, new Mets owner's name is Steven, though. Stevens looking at 1984 right now. Like, I don't care. <laughs> they have the same name, though, at least. Oh, God. Steven, that's classic. <laughs> what did you say? You have the same name. His name is Steven, too. Oh, okay. name okay. is I, I, his name is I don't even his know. His name is Stephen Cornwell. That's Stephen uh, Cohen. Yeah. 
Oh, close enough. Jewish. Yes, very. Don't don't assume his. Religion. His last name is Cohen. <laughs> Should I assume you're a ginger? <laughs> yeah, I, Steven, what's your favorite? Steven, what's your favorite ice cream flavor? Uh, I Chocolate. Like, I like, no. I like Stephen Colbert's Americone Dream from Ben and Jerry's. Yeah. Uh, what is that? It's a waffle cone. It's got caramel. It's got chocolate. It's friggin' delicious. Dulce de leche? That's okay. I, I don't know. Wait, no, is it? it I'm it, asking you. It, I thought it was what you were saying. So going back no, 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 to this. It's like, it's like vanilla. It's, right. it's, oh, okay, okay. Stephen, these these conversations are extraneous, just like my life. Going back to the relevant topics, like uh, this girl. So where do you take her out to eat? This is relevant. Um, this is the most relevant thing ever. We, we were talking about coronavirus for half an hour. This is more uh, relevant wow. than coronavirus. All right. Um, well, we've just been to a few coffee places at this point, but we haven't... Uh, we haven't done a real, you know, sit down. You got to elevate it, Stephen, to the next level. Did you I, I, did I you te- did you tell her that uh, you want to take her hand in marriage? No, because that's a bit excessive and over the top. <laughs> does she live in Hoboken? If too? Someone, yes, yes, she does. If someone had to go from straight from like talking to a girl to marriage, it'd be Stephen. I feel like. Yeah, I can yeah. see that. I, I, I can see I that. I I literally say that that's me. Like I would do that. I can't even take the step from coffee to dinner. All right, Stephen. The next you take there's the no step dinner step. Stephen, marriage. Stephen. Stephen, your I next step is invite her over. Stephen, two words for you. Read my lips. <laughs> Stephen, you what you got to do. You got to invite her over for a nice glass of wine that of your favorite wine. That's the next level. Invite her over to the apartment and be like, let's do homework together and sip on some wine and then get some like a nice cheese spread. Nah, nah, nah. Steven says, let's do homework together. I could show you my new inkjet printer. <laughs> it's behind him. Oh, God. 400 yeah. pages an hour. <laughs> I actually got that one for free from Apple. There you go. So Let's watch an unboxing of the new iPhone. <laughs> Steven, that's the next step. Skip the dinner step. Yeah, dude, just say hi to my hand. The next step is unboxing an iPhone together. Yes. Over that's basically, you guys are married then. <laughs> Steven's going to propose with like an iPhone instead of a ring. It's going to be engraved. <laughs> Marry me? Question mark. <laughs> Yo, look at what a good idea. Like, you guys are unboxing it and she's opening it and she opens it and it says, Marry me. What a great idea. It's not such a bad idea. To be That's honest. actually a very good idea. That's a perfect and Stephen you can Vogel. get it. You can get it on the video. She'll be like, oh, we're just doing an unboxing. And then you open it and it says, marry me. <laughs> but Steven, then the phone, girl, the phone ends up sucking and you have to return it. Steven, answer this honestly. If there's two girls that were of equal like attractiveness to you, but one of them has an iPhone and one of them has an Android, would you like to grow with the iPhone more than to grow with the Android? iPhone, no question. Well, the iPhone, the iPhone person is going to have a personality. The Android person <laughs> not. So, Steven, uh, is the green Steven, text a turn off for you? What did you say? The green text is that a turn off for you? Uh, yeah, yeah, definitely. Stephen doesn't have any. Stephen doesn't have any green contacts on his phone, except he's that girl that he's he talking no, about. To except that girl that he's talking about, but he'll buy her an iPhone. Just so you can FaceTime with her. <laughs> Steven, that gets me to my next question. Very, very important question. Probably the most of the night. Okay. If, if there's this girl, she's super attractive. She's like amazing. She's one step ahead of you for finding the cure. And she's like, Steven, I really want to go out with you, but can you switch to an Android? What's your answer? Be honest, bro. Yes, Dude, I be honest. Can. Yes, I can. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, oh, my God. To you, it is, Steven. To you, it is. Is this actually going in the podcast? Like, yeah. Is- Yo, yes. I, I didn't even tell you. I emailed Tim Cook a couple of times because I was super frustrated with Apple. Okay. I bought a couple of MacBook Pros and uh, none of a them, couple. 
it's a long story and none of them come with uh none of them come with the microfiber cloth and then i looked up apple's policy only the desktops do now i wrote him various emails frustrated i said this company has taken such a toll like it's just they've just dropped down the new iphone doesn't even come with a box it just comes with the charger not even headphones just the iphone you pay a th- i paid 1069 dollars for an iPhone and a charger. It doesn't even have a box. It's to and reduce it, waste. It, huh? It's to reduce waste. Lower their carbon footprint. You really believe that? Yes, I do. You really believe that? It's like you want to know how much... Wait, hold on, hold on. A microfiber cloth is to reduce waste? Sure. What if... Most people throw uh, them out. I'm sure okay. they've done okay, stuff. Okay, so, so, so if that's the case, then why create an iPhone box? Why not package it in something more friendly Put it and in old give newspapers. us the box? Completely give it an old newspaper. It used to be made with plastic. They're no longer made with plastic. Steven, Steven, you really... I didn't get a micro... I spent $2,500 a couple of times and didn't get a microfiber cloth. And you're telling me that that's... No, it's because they're just being cheap now. Regardless of what you say, they still make better products than any of their competitors they make better they make better uh, products for uh user experience i give that to you that's why i have an iphone right now but as far as tech if you're tech savvy there's no way you can say that they make better products if you're really about the latest and greatest technology bro android and the android phone three years ago has the same thing that this brand new iphone has and you know that's true but Unless you're, you're talking about the you're problem. like me, you're like me, and you believe in user experience. I believe that, sure, a, you know, a Mustang GT500 might be a very fast car, but you know, a, a Bentley is appealing. It's it's easier, you know. That's that's how we roll. But uh, as far as tech goes, I need to have this conversation with you. As far as tech goes, the Huawei phone is it has been better than this iPhone, and you know that, even though it's illegal to buy in America, but. Uh, they're great phones. Android has had some powerful devices in the last couple of years that came out. Uh, what's your take on that, genuinely? My take on... Compare tech and usability. So you have to take into consideration that tech is there and user experience. You can't combine them. Because if you combine them, then you're going to see that Apple, that's where they slack or lack. I think it's... No, no, because I think I think there are certain aspects of the technology that Apple takes very seriously. You're just so bought by Apple that you can't admit a flaw. You've never admitted a flaw with Apple. That's not true. One of their one of their biggest flaws is that was that they got caught slowing down their phones and you justified it. You justified it by saying performance. I said, I know it's performance, but they were significantly reducing those speeds and they got caught. In order to prevent peak performance loads from breaking the battery on their That phone. was proven wrong. It, it's true that you have to do that, but to that extent, no way. They got caught. You couldn't even admit that. Well, I... Uh... I think that they are great. <laughs> and that's yeah, all. Yeah. Transparency. Agree to disagree, guys. Yeah. No, I listen, I use their products. I love their products. But I'm not going to sit here and say they're the best in the market right now. I just think that their user experience is the best, which matters to me, which is why I use them. But if I was like, if I needed the best tech in the market, nine out of the 10 products I have would not be Apple. And that's just a fact. But would I be able to integrate those nine products how Apple does? Nowhere near. You can't have all the products Apple does and have such integration with it. Like I walk into my house and if I do something on my phone on GarageBand, it's on my computer already. Like you don't have that with with the Google devices. They have Duo, which people say is like FaceTime and they say it's better than FaceTime, but I used it and that's not true. Duo is nothing compared to FaceTime as far as ease goes. But Apple still slacks. Okay. 
It's just how it is, Steven. To disagree, Mr. Galati. I we agree to disagree. Kishibashi. Shout out Kishibashi. <laughs> anyway, Steven, I know we got off tangent here, but uh thank you for hopping on Hidden Park the podcast. You are always welcome. Uh hopefully we can do an in-person interview soon. Maybe at Hoboken with your soon-to-be wife. Um <laughs> but uh if, shout out to her. She'll hopefully listen to this and uh when you shout it out on your Instagram and she'll give it a click and uh, she'll listen and that'll be the proposal. But um, you guys want to get lunch or dinner Saturday or are you guys busy? Uh, Saturday is Diwali. So next, next Saturday, like next week, next weekend, like not this coming weekend, the one after. Sure. I'm down. Steven's the busy one. You don't have to ask oh, me. That sounds good to me. All right. Perfect. Next we have, time. we have it on the podcast, Steven. So if you flake, we have uh, receipts. She'll hear. But, uh, Thank you. We spoke about COVID. We spoke about your, uh, and thank you, by the way, for doing what you do in terms of research, even though it's not COVID, it's still something that is making our, our world, not just country, a better place. And that wouldn't be able to happen without you. So we thank you for that. And you're always welcome on hidden park, the podcast. We're here for you always any uh, ending remarks, Mr. Cronwell. Well, I just wanted to say, you know, thank you guys for having me. It's uh, it's an honor to be on on your show, um, and I look forward to talking to you soon and and hopefully coming on again sometime. For sure, say what up to the family as well. Uh, how's Duchess? Say hello to everyone. Yeah, I will. Uh, Duchess, she's she's doing good. She's she's happy. <laughs> That's what's up. All right, my guy, Stephen, take it easy. Thank we'll you so much. This soon. Thank you. You're the the greatest, as they say. So uh, you're the greatest. All right. Thanks, guys. All right, my guy. Take it easy. Peace out. Thank you. Ciao. You speak Italian. Ciao. Say that Italian line that you always say. (laughs) Che cosa per pronzo oggi? Yeah. All right. All right. Peace. Thank you. Bye. Bye.